Hello, my friends, my listeners. Um, it is just me today. It is just Danny today um, without Grace. We are currently separated. I am spending some time in North Carolina with my family, and I just thought it would be a good time to pop in on the podcast since I haven't we haven't been here in like a month, and we've missed recording, and um, we will definitely be providing more content soon, but there is no guarantee how consistent we will be, and that is okay because life is fast-paced and ever-changing. So that's where I am today. Just taking some time off um, away from other people, <laughs> no offense to my friends and family who I love and miss dearly, but just to work on school and work. Um, and I'm actually here today with my cousin, Samantha. Samantha, introduce yourself. Hello. So I am Samantha, or Sam, depends on how well you know me. Um, and I'm 15 years old. I now live in North Carolina, but I've lived in quite a few places. I'm a military kid. And I just moved from Norway, where I lived for the past three years in Oslo. So, yeah. That, so I visited her. You visited me once. Once. In the summer. In the summer. And yeah. something, I think, um, something, if you know me well or know me at all, you know that I have a trash bag in the back of my car filled with recycling. So, you know, I am an environmentalist, you could say, which environmentalist just basically means that I um, am passionate about keeping the earth healthy and safe. And um, Samantha definitely got way more into this as it's probably been something she's been passionate about for a while. But going to Norway, um, we both noticed a significant change in um, just how the government and everyone is way more interested and um, puts in puts in the action and effort to take care of the planet. So Sam, tell me about just some of the differences in the way that um, Norway pursues, you know, taking care of its environment rather than North Carolina. Yeah, um, there are a lot for sure. Uh, I'd say one of like the biggest differences that I noticed being just a teenager around the city was the public transportation. And it's a really, really safe city. And so you can go just about anywhere um, by bus or tram or train, you know. And so that was really cool. As well as that, Norway has these amazing organized recycling centers. Yes. <laughs> oh, they do. And it's just it's very great because Norwegians pride themselves on being very close with nature um, and really taking care of the environment. That being said, Norway is one of the biggest leaders in the oil industry, and that is how they have gotten their money to fund all these projects mm-hmm. to help the environment. So it's a little bit, you know, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to be perfect. It is. It's very area. hard to be perfect. Um, but you really have to appreciate that, even though all the money that they have has come from oil, they are still really trying to give back to the environment what they have taken away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we kind of get into this episode, we're just going to talk about um, the stages of sustainability, how to be sustainable when you're a teenager and you live with your parents and you're not completely in control. So you're like looking for all these different ways that you can um, do your part and also to how to have empathy and that. But we want to start with kind of defining some terms because in 
environmentalism, there is just so many terms that people use. And a lot of them actually are like synonymous or like they go together. They do. Um, so sustainable, we'll start with that one. That's probably my favorite word in the world. And that basically just means... Um, We're going to say it about 300 times in this episode. <laughs> FYI. Uh, it, living in a way where you are not draining resources and you are not, um, like I have a definition here that says a method of harvesting where the resources you're using are not harmed or permanently depleted. Um, but sustainable to me means something that will last a long time. Like if I talk about like a sustainable brand, something that will last, something that was made with really good material and not, and something that will eventually break down into the earth. Yeah, um, it's, it's not made with plastic fibers that will take years, hundreds of years to decompose. Mm -hmm. And even like p products nowadays constantly have the word biodegradable. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that they're biodegradable for the next year or five it years. It could take. It could take a long yeah, time or even sometimes they need to take certain, certain machinery to become biodegradable, which I just learned about, which is kind of crazy. So if you see something on like your styrofoam cup, styrofoam cannot be recycled. It cannot break down. And it says biodegradable. I would not trust that label immediately because styrofoam is a pretty awful thing. Yeah. Also thinking of what I just said with the biodegradable and like styrofoam cups, that in, let's say that that does not actually biodegrade, but because it takes a certain machinery to make that breakdown, that is called greenwashing, where a brand or a company says they are quote unquote sustainable, but they're actually not. <laughs> like if you really dig down into this terms, because the word sustainable or biodegradable, um, low impact, eco-friendly, like those are such like awesome words that a lot of companies use without actually realizing the impact that those words truly have. They're just so. kind of thrown loosely around as marketing terms, which is really unfortunate because they have a much deeper meaning. Because mm -hmm. when I see the word, you know, sustainable, my mind is immediately like, oh my gosh, I could buy that. Like it's something I'm interested in. Um, the word low impact, really similar to that. Um, just, yeah, not, uh, we'll, actually we'll start with the carbon footprint. Yes. Because it all kind of goes back to the carbon footprint, how much fuel emissions you're putting out there. Um, and that impacts climate change. That impacts um, our environmental shift. And um, whether you're like, I don't know if I believe in climate change or not, what, everything we're recommending is good for your body and is good for the world around us. So even if you're like, I don't believe in climate change, which do the research, look at what's going yeah, on right now. If you don't believe in climate change, stuff so might not be for you. <laughs> it might not. But I think even if you are really opposed to that, especially with climate change becoming so political instead of just a literal fact. Which is, again, unfortunate. Which, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it all comes back to the carbon footprint, which I have a definition here that describes it as the amount of carbon dioxide and other carbon comp compounds emitted due to the consumption of fossil fuels by a particular person, group, etc. So, the goal, one of the goals of environmentalism is to reduce the carbon footprint, to reduce the amount of um, materials and resources that you are taking from and to kind of just clean it up and restore it. Mm -hmm. Okay, why don't you define eco-friendly, low waste? Yeah, so eco-friendly and low waste, uh, they're pretty synonymous. Low waste kind of specifically goes into 
it's not generating waste, which typically means things that aren't going to biodegrade and are also if you hear no- noises in the background that are that is her brother's running Sorry around. About them. <laughs> um, and eco-friendly means it's pretty neutral. Friendly is kind of misleading. It can mean it's not. It doesn't mean it's good for the environment, but it means it's not going to have a negative impact on the environment mm-hmm. once you're done with it and you recycle it, throw it away, you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so stages of sustainability. I made this up because I'm actually taking an environmental science class right now, which is kind of giving me um, more of the foundational parts of environmentalism. Um, and so based on that, I kind of just came up with these five stages. So the first stage is called uneducated. And that just basically means you are unaware of, and let's just say everyone I think has been in this stage before. I've been in this stage. You can't not have been in this stage. (laughs) If you're an infant. Exactly. (laughs) If you are in your thirties or you're, you're a teenager, like you can totally be in this stage. That does not mean you are a bad person. Um, It just means that you are not aware of the impact that you're making on the earth on a daily basis. And if the entire world lived like you, assuming that you are a middle-class person with access to things that they can buy what they need and also buy what they want, um, and you're not you're not kind of you're not aware of the the amount of plastic you're generating, the amount of um, resources you're depleting from, like it's just it's just not a great place to be. But once you're once you become aware of the damage that you're doing on a daily basis, you move to the second stage, which... Yes, and the second stage is the reuse slash recycle stage. Um, so yeah, you're recycling yeah. and reusing. Pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> I feel like in this stage, I feel like my family has, was there, you know, as I was growing up where they were aware of recycling. They tried to recycle, which... Um, still like 10% of America recycles today, which is so and disappointing. part of that is because we do not have a good or even there is a giant lack of a recycling system in place. That's um, true. And then you have to question whose responsibility is it to put this in place and yeah, those kinds of things. That's when we say too bad we don't still live in Norway. Because- <laughs> yeah, we kind of say that all the time actually. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that's kind of just, you know, if you see a recycling can and you have you're at the mall and you're drinking a soda, you throw it in the recycling can because you're especially aware of aluminium. It. That is a non-renewable resource. Please recycle yes. all your aluminium. Yes, please do. Okay, third stage is reduce slash exchange, which you want to give some examples for that one. Yeah, so I think probably the most obvious example for this would be like thrifting. Um, really getting into realizing the little things you can do in order to, you know, not be throwing clothes that have plastic fibers in them away. Using um, one water bottle instead of buying a million plastic ones, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. So this is kind of where you're realizing, um, like, kind of the idea that you vote with your dollar and being aware, like, of the kind of processes. Like, I think in this stage, too, you would kind of, which I'm not going to really touch on on this episode too much, um, but the fast fashion industry and industries where um, people in other countries are being funded by quote unquote American companies and they're not being paid ethically and not being treated ethically. Um, 
this is a shift in the fact that a you're paying for something that someone else that it's just not an ethical like fast fashion the fast fashion industry it has so many issues it's far from ethical horrible for the environment mm-hmm. and when we say it's not ethical we mean they often use utilize cheap or child labor mm-hmm. people are getting paid nothing but they can't quit their jobs because it helps them barely survive they're being exploited mm-hmm. just because so we can get cheap products like clothes from H&M and um, Forever 21. Um, So this is kind of the stage where I think we realize that environmentalism isn't just about like keeping our planet healthy, but also like supporting other people. And I think this is the stage where empathy gets introduced because you realize like this affects other people. Yeah, all of these global issues we're talking about, not just climate change, but poverty and overpopulation, they all tie into each other. And by working towards helping one issue you automatically start helping others as well Mm -hmm. yeah and just just by this stage of like realizing what i purchase funds and fuels a system supply and demand um that's it's very important and it's a great it's a great stage to be in and so the fourth stage is called abstinence which this is the kind of stage i feel like i'm in currently of where i'm aware of all these things I'm getting to the point, you know, where I am um, having all these goals and dreams, but I still live with my parents. I can't, I'm, I'm, I struggle with being low waste, um, but I start abstaining from buying certain products. Um, for me, that's makeup, buying certain makeup, buying certain, um, any like hair products or anything like that that come in plastic packaging or non-renewable packaging Um trying to abstain from anything um, on like a, unless it's like on a store that I know is sustainable, um, whether that be clothing or certain items, all that kind of stuff, shoes, like everything. I, I have been um, almost completely out of the fast fashion industry for two years, I want to say. And that is really hard because sometimes you go to Target with your family and friends and they have really cheap tennis shoes and you're like, I really need these. Um, and it's hard to say no. And I've definitely had slip ups. Uh, but that that's a stage where you kind of you kind of stop buying and realize if you do need to buy something, it's going to be a sustainable item and it's going to be more expensive because it'll last you way longer. Um, but in the end, you're getting your money's worth. I would say you're getting more than your money's worth. And then our fifth stage is my favorite stage, which is my dream stage. It should be everybody's dream stage. (laughs) Yes. Eco-minimalism, which basically just means you're a minimalist. You don't have much. You have your necessities. um, And the necessities that you have are things that are not depleting resources and that um, hopefully are are plastic-free, are even, I would say, not even like glass, like something that, you know, you can, like going to the grocery store and bringing your own jars and filling them up, I would consider that to be low, low waste. I don't say zero waste because I think that is not impossible, but I just don't want to put that on, like, I'm never going to, like, ever have a, a plastic 
yeah. or something to throw away. Like that's just. Well, I have seen documentaries of people who are like, all I've thrown away in the past four years is what fits in this, you know, 16 liter or 16 ounce jar. And you're uh-huh. like, Whoa. how? <laughs> Please <laughs> teach me your ways, you know? Um, so it kind of like fits into that area category. Mm-hmm. And I think it's 100% um, valid to make the point that our world, we do not live in a world that su- supports a sustainable lifestyle in any way. Quite the opposite, actually. We're taught from a very young age that the ideal of success is, well, it doesn't fit into a sustainable lifestyle. It mm-hmm. fits into something where you can have whatever you want and then be done with it. Yeah, materialism, instant gratification, consumption, all those kind of things. And when I say the word minimalism, I think I have even been apprehensive of that word because I love to paint. I love making art. So I'm like, should I not buy paper anymore? (laughs) And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like doing your research on what you're buying and where it's coming from. It'll all be worth it in the end. Yes. And that's hard though. It's hard to go, oh, and one of my goals for throughout this year is to not buy things that are from China. Yeah. Which is because the thing is, when they're from China and they're cheap and they're plastic, those are the things you're going to throw away and you're never going to remember them. And mm-hmm. they were probably made by a poor person who gets paid $2 an hour less. Yeah. So, you know, just and be conscious not, of what you're buying as well. Yes. It's not going to last you. It's exactly. not. It's. It might be cheaper in the moment, but you're saving money long term. And that's what is important and that's what is practical it's what people need people need to know that like things like um living an eco-friendly lifestyle is it's actually very practical it's practical in the long run for sure is it hard is it difficult yes but it's it's good on your on your wallet because you're gonna abstain from buying things that you don't actually need and i can attest to that okay so going through those stages and just kind of taking into account the audience that we have, which are mostly, I'm assuming, my friends. I'm not even really sure. I'm pretty sure it's just my friends. I know this seems... I listen seems- to this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think something that is important to mention is where empathy comes in person to person in the area that we live in, which is like suburb suburban area, which like Southeast America, Southeast. suburbia, <laughs> that kind of area. Yeah. It's important to mention I'm we are passionate people about this. This is something that we think is a moral responsibility. Done a lot of research, watched a lot of documentaries. Mm-hmm. And so we're we are not saying like you are not a moral person if you do not practice these things. And we're not even saying, like, if you're aware of these things, you're immoral if you don't. We're just really encouraging you to be intentional um, about what it is you're buying and to have empathy for not only the people who are being harmed by this process of materialism that we have in America, but also for local, local people who yeah. make buy their, locally. Buy it's locally. so cool, actually. And you can meet some really cool people in your local area, buy their products, and usually they're way better than whatever crap you're buying from overseas, yeah. too. Yeah, and they might not, like I said, they might not be cheaper, but they're going to be better for you in the long run. And to have empathy for each other and not be so 
easily like having these things just allow what am I trying to say attack not trying to attack you can't you. force your ideals on somebody yeah you just have to kind of learn about it and then accept that this is a really big problem but there definitely are things you can do to help even mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel like it yeah I'd agree and I think that there are plenty of ways that you as a person living in your family's household or as a person who wants to get started moving from uneducated to the second stage. Um, or even from the second to the third, third to the fourth, whatever yeah. it is for you right now. There is complete empathy for you, whatever whatever stage you're in. Um, but as every podcast almost we've said, I just we just challenge you to take that step and um, – to not just let everything be so cheap and to kind of turn this system into something that we're supporting each other, we're supporting the earth, um, and we're not feeling the system of materialism, which obviously isn't sustainable for our health yeah, you spiritually. Yeah, you also settle for something that is, you know, not good for the environment and is not going to serve you well in the long run as mm -hmm. far as products go. Yeah. So we have five tips for you as someone who wants to embark on a journey of cultivating environmentalism. So we're trying to do some of these. Yes, yeah. you go first. All right, so the first one is one that I have really kind of dug into deeper lately. Um, it's going plant-based, which is, we were just watching a TED Talk on it last night. It has mm -hmm. a lot of benefits for the environment, uh, as well as ethically speaking, you know, wherever you are on that. Um, so that could mean going pescatarian, you know, giving up red meats and chicken or going full vegetarian or even vegan. Like Danielle has been vegan for almost a year now. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been pescatarian for a little while, but I'm really starting to experiment with veganism uh, at this stage. Mm -hmm. um, Grace is vegan, yeah. and um, which we will be definitely doing more episodes on that later. And that doesn't even mean like, oh, just like jump into veganism. Take but, it slowly. Yeah, take it slowly. You, have to. you could even do like going vegan on weekdays, going vegetarian on weekends, mm -hmm. one meal a day going vegetarian, like trying to um, replace that um, protein with something that's from the earth, which is going to be better for your body and, and better for your wallet. Yes. Yeah. So. Actually, people think that food that is based off of plants has no taste. And trust me, it has lots of taste. Mm -hmm. do it as well often plants are just used to season the meat so think about that. um text me if you want to go plant-based and i will give you my bundle of recipes i've had people ask me oh my gosh i don't know how to, how i would do it so i send them like this thing that i've collected just of like recipes and tips and um different um products that i use so definitely let me know if you are interested also if you ever uh, yeah, contact Danielle, and then also, I love baking, so I have a bunch of <laughs> vegan made me... cookies, and I even made a vegan cheesecake. Oh my gosh, it was the most delicious I thing. Pass that recipe on, for yes. sure. Okay, second tip is to quit fast fashion. That's a huge one. Um, yeah. So in turn, like, if you're just starting, I would just say start going thrifting when you... It's really fun and cheap, too. It's, it's so much fun. fun. Yeah. So many great stores. Yes, I agree. Okay. third one yes is uh like we mentioned before getting a reusable water bottle oh and bringing avoid 
plastic while eating out. Yes. So, Sorry. <laughs> so got really tiny. <laughs> so, you know, when you're, you know, at a restaurant or a fast food restaurant or something, just don't get a drink. Yeah. Because right or now with get COVID. get one in a, like a glass cup. Yeah. It, right now with COVID, they're not letting you bring your own cup. Mm-hmm. So if you're at a coffee shop, try to get it in a cup of theirs. And if you're getting it to go. See if they have paper like, cup options and don't use a lid or straw. Like very simple things like that. Yeah. Very simple things like that do make an impact. For sure. Um, And this one is really simple. Reusable grocery bags. People don't realize this, but a lot of grocery bags are a big issue. Um, so just have some in the back of your car, and that way when you go grocery shopping, you have them there. Yes. And a lot of stores will bag them for you. That is true. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. You And even if you do have plastic bags, um, I know Publix does recycle them for you. Yeah. At least they say Publix also has a styrofoam recycling center at every location. Yes. So keep that in mind. Please. Um, and then the last one was just like many habits, you know, to, just keep in mind. I have to constantly renew my mind in thinking about these things, um, whether that's uh, taking shorter showers, not taking baths, not leaving your water on while you're brushing your teeth, like really while you're washing your dishes, like making sure you're turning off the water and like um, just being conscious about your water use and then also electricity use too. Yeah, just turn the lights off when you leave your room. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, we just want to encourage you to do some research. I will have a lot of resources linked in the description of YouTube videos and um, different people that I watch and follow that I look up to. Um, because if you're watching this and you're intimidated, I am in so much more intimidated by these people I'm going to put in the description. Like, there's so much growing room for all of us. And that doesn't make anyone better or worse. So, And you have to just really be patient with yourself, too. You can't expect your habits and your lifestyle to change overnight. Mm-hmm. It's not going to. But if you take it really slowly and just consciously think about what you're doing, then, yeah, you will make a difference. It's a conscious effort every day. Um, it's not necessarily easy, but it's better for you and better for the world around you and for our environment. So thank you, Samantha. For joining oh, me you're on welcome. this episode. It was a pleasure. Our first guest on the Empathy Yay. Show here. <laughs> and I just want to end with just this encouragement. Um, when you decide to pursue a sustainable lifestyle, um, you are fulfilling the, the calling that God originally had for Adam, which was be a steward of the earth and toil and tend to the earth. And it is your moral responsibility to take a take care of the people around you and to take care of the surroundings and i never we never want to pressure you to do anything i want this to be a natural um conviction that you have personally for taking care of the earth it's not something that i want to guilt you into um so i just encourage you to take the time to really understand um, what you're doing and set your intentions for why am I doing this? Why am I, uh, why is the world doing this? Why is this normal? Where does this come from? All these different questions. So be intentional about what you're doing. Have empathy for the people behind the products that you're using and that you're buying and supporting. And um, yeah, have a great week and I will talk to you soon.